Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome to Tuesday morning. I am Bin Laden out. Didn't think it was ever possible. Your, your bin is laden. My bin is laden. I didn't think it was possible, actually, to sort of to go over something so many times. <laughs> did you see what mind. I did there? Because bin laden is actually the way it's said. So, you know, you could have bin yes. laden, which is spelled yes. the same. I've seen all the jokes on the internet as oh. well. They've started arriving. Oh. The jokes have started arriving. But that is, that is a very British trait, that something awful happens, and the first thing British people do is make jokes. Yeah. Yes, I mean, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is. It seems that they make jokes about everything. Mm. I even have a, a thing sent to my phone, which has got... Oh, a joke of the day or something. Like a jokes of the day. I don't know. It must be people who sit down and write jokes. Some of them very funny. Mm. Some of them totally unrepeatable. Oh, yeah, I imagine. Well, I was getting Most some, of them are unrepeatable. I was having to get the texts vetted this morning because some of them were coming through about it were, oh, were really? quite unrepeatable as well. Is it, I find it quite funny, actually, that people think there's a conspiracy theory. This started yesterday. Somebody came, of course, Bin Laden's not dead. He's being held by the Americans. Mm. Don't think so. I Don't I, think so. I know. I, I, the only thing is, as I was saying, I do, I do somewhat understand because I think it's not been handled brilliantly in in making all the evidence available yeah and but, I, but that's one of the reasons why i don't think it's a conspiracy theory because if it was i think they'd have loads more answers prepared yes. and every question that had been asked they'd have released something to the media about it yeah i mean there, there, there have been a few people according to the papers today saying oh they should have captured him well the official line from america is they had never any intention of capturing him alive mm. that he was always going to be killed and of course being being the coward that he was and the big girl's blouse he hid behind one of his wives. One of his wives. So <laughs> dragged her in front of him, as if that was going to make any difference. Uh, he's a nice man, wasn't he? He was a gentleman. Well, it was sad that he was so <laughs> pathetic. You've, you've seriously thought, you know, he was this his big... last blo- stand. He wasn't. He was a champagne socialist. His father was a billionaire. He had a, a very privileged upbringing, spent most of his time leering at women and, mm. and drinking and boozing, and then sort of magically thought, you know, and used his, his money for, for evil gains. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I couldn't give a forex whether he's alive or dead. Makes no difference to me. And you look nice in your shirt today. Thank you. Yeah. White, I've decided, is the yes. way forward. Virginal. Sorry? Virginal. It's virgin on something, I know. <laughs> I, wish I wish I knew what it was. Um, I do like white. Do you like my outfit today? I do. It's the same as last week's outfit. <laughs> it's the standard Greek outfit, but without the hat. Uh, no, no. Because you do have a flat cap, don't you? I do wear a flat cap yeah. quite often. It's a very yes. Greek thing, that, isn't it? Uh, it is. oh, I love wearing my flat cap. Of course yeah. you do. You're Greek. Yeah. I mean, that's. I wear it with sunglasses. I go for the Nancy Delolio look. Yes, yes. I'm not really sure about Nancy Delolio. No. I think she, she's a bit of a, not a gold digger, I just think she's, she's famous for it. She wrote a book about how she seduced Sven Goren Eriksson, and you think, you tacky old woman, you yeah. <laughs> tacky, and then wrote about it. A mutton dresses mutton. Well, uh, sadly, yes, <laughs> but, but there again, and she's been interviewed, people see, obviously for some reason, men find her sexually alluring. Yeah. Can't imagine why. I suppose you've got the word easy stamped all over her, which kind of makes <laughs> when it... When you write a book about something. how easy it is to pull someone, that's kind of saying something, isn't it? Yeah, but then she she wants money, doesn't she? She's she's taking him to court, Sven. Mm. And I think it's... For, for the time she's... They weren't married, but the time they spent together, she wants compensation. Having, you know, elevated her from Nancy Who yeah. to... Oh, Nancy DeLolio, and she appears everywhere. Isn't she an educated woman? I think she's a lawyer, isn't she? Well, she spends most of her time over here, <laughs> trouncing around everywhere in, in frocks. Didn't get invited to the royal wedding, though, so that was good news. No. Uh, what on earth were Beatrice and Eugenia? Have we spoken about this? Yeah, what they we wore? Have. I know it seems like we're going back over the same ground again. The only two things that have happened in the world is the royal it wedding is, and the summer It is worth mentioning again because the two they turned up, one wearing Valentino, which is for older women, as we said mm. yesterday, and the other one wearing. Vivian Westwood. Yeah, the lobster on it. The other one was Vivian Westwood. Now, you know, both very good designers. 
Not for those two frumpy old birds. Well, have really you seen wasn't. now the hat? Beatrice's hat is now an internet sensation, <laughs> and they've they've stuck she it. You, get in the car properly. You can now you can now put your own face on the internet and have yourself wearing hat it's like a dealy bopper, <laughs> and just a slightly bigger version of it. That sort it of looked dreadful. I know. And Princess Anne looked like she'd been attacked by a set of curtains. Well, she has got better outfits. She has got better, but she isn't known for fashion. You don't look at Princess Anne. You just pr- Princess Anne. You go all in horthy. Yeah, a bit like Princess and be- a bit. Be- Beatrice and Eugenie, who aren't horthy, but they've got those sort of figures. The Westwood outfit would be nice on most people, but unfortunately it made her look fat and frumpy. And also the the Valentino one was actually lovely, but for someone about 30 years older. At least 30 You know, years. it was a, not, actually a lovely ensemble. Even the but, loose but, women were saying exactly the same the other day. Oh, and wow. I thought that, because I've not heard anybody say anything good about um, about the outfit. Tara Palmatone, because it was head to toe in azure blue. Absolutely yes. everything. I ever. noticed that she had the hat on, which kind of covered the nose a bit. <laughs> yeah. That was very clever. We liked that. We thought it pointed down. It was one of these... She looked like she'd sort of come off, you know, Star Trek, The mm. Next Generation. And uh, I heard uh, there was a very cruel comment in the newspapers about Eugenie's hat, saying she looked like a pirate. Which, which I thought was very cruel on pirates, actually. It's yes, exactly. <laughs> a dreadful slur on pirates who are lovely people. Yes, um, couldn't eat a whole one. You know. um, didn't Carol Middleton, though, look good? I liked my Mother of the Bride. I thought she yes, I nice. liked Mother. I thought Father looked very good. I the whole family scrubbed good. up beautifully. Yes. The you son. Uh, apparently there's uh, racy pictures of him all over the internet. Oh, are there? Yes, apparently he's been a... Slightly naughty boy. Really? Yeah. He, he owns a cake decorating company Does as he? well. That's so butch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Cake decorating for beginners. My friend went the other day down to Chucky Wocky Doodah. Oh, where's that? That's down in Brighton. They, they oh. made Jordan's wedding cake, but don't worry, it does get better than that. And they have a thing, they're, they're, they'll make anything. Haven't they got a reality show at the moment? Is that that one? They might have, I don't know. There's... I generally buy all my Christmas presents in there. Sort oh, of the really? chocolate side. Oh, lovely. I can't wait. Because they do sort of muscle Santas. Oh, did you get lovely. one? I didn't get one, no. Oh, not on my Christmas list. Oh, yeah, there you go. Quite clearly, I shouldn't not. imagine it's going to change this year either. Not at oh. £11.55. But anyway. And, £11.55. Um, sorry? £11.55. To haunt you, that sum of money. £11.55. I'm, I'm, I'm not even worth that. No, you're not. No, <laughs> to be honest with you, you're not. Don't think I'm worth that either. And, and uh, they, they have a policy. Whenever they make a cake for a bride, hmm. they won't let her see it. Oh. Until the day, because they say it's supposed to be a surprise. But you know, what if they don't like wedding, it. <laughs> well, yeah, but they've already designed it with oh, them, and they've okay. already said, "Listen, this is how we see it." But that, well, it will be a surprise because you don't know what the finished thing looks like. Okay. And they make it in a warehouse. I'd be annoyed if I was the bride paying for that. I'd be like, well, I want to know what's going the Express on. Express screwed up today. They were talking about. Uh, well, they obviously couldn't think of any stories to run, so they regurgitate Heather Mills. I know, really? exactly. I mean, why? I've Where's got she no been? Idea. Well, no, and they say Heather, who has a vegan cafe in Hove. I think you'll find uh, Day and Night in Express. It closed some time ago due to lack of interest. It did, didn't it? Yeah. I went past it only the other week's closed. or yeah. shut it up because uh, they didn't have any food in and it was, it was just crap. Yeah. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It was appalling. If you, if, if you don't know anything about restaurants, don't open one, dear. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, Heather Mills knows nothing about anything. Very good at getting money out of men, though. Yeah. 25 million out of Paul McCartney. She did very well. Yeah. It would have been cheaper to pay for it, Paul, every time, wouldn't it? But, you know, <laughs> there you go. One lump sum kind of makes it a lot better, doesn't it? <laughs> and I want one of these new James Bond phones where it recognises your fingerprint. Oh, really? Yeah. Orange are going to bring it out for about 479. 479 pounds. Sorry? £479. Yeah? That's a lot of money for a phone, isn't is it? Is it? Have you seen the new Apple iPhones? No. 612 What are they? What, the, 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 the white iPhone ones? 4? Oh, really? Yeah. Because I'm due an upgrade. Oh, are you? Yeah, I am. So I could get that. I'm going to wait for the iPhone 5. 
Yes, probably theirs, but yeah. 612 quid for the white that's one. That's a lot of money, oh, isn't is it? it? Oh, right, okay. I know for you, I mean, that's no, like I I did did half a day's it. wages. I did actually try and get... <laughs> I don't think it's that little. Um, I, I did try and get one. Luckily, they didn't have any in stock, which kind of gave me a breathing oh, space. Oh, my God, I'd love one of those if you could buy me one. No, I'm not buying you one. No, oh, go listen, on. If you aren't getting a muscle Santa at £11.55, <laughs> you certainly ain't getting anything else. Oh, I think it would affirm our friendship. It would really seal things. Yeah, well, no, you, could put, you could just put your number in it, and then I'd always have your number. Yeah, very useful, yeah. I'm still trying to work out. Just going back briefly to Bin Laden, and I mean briefly, and they buried him at sea. What sea? I have had a look at the map of Pakistan. I'm not seeing too many bits of water there. <laughs> I don't know whether or not I've gone blind or something. Perhaps the American Navy have dug a lake, you know, and popped maybe, him in it. Maybe they have. Where maybe. is the water? Maybe, so, they, so they airlifted him out. Maybe it was on Eugenie's pirate ship. That is true. I can see her riding the ocean blue. <laughs> see her there. Um, we sail the ocean blue. Yeah, so it's, it's a bi- biometric uh, fingerprint reader. Oh, what, on the to, phone? Yes, on the phone. Oh, lovely. Which is quite good, because we've all got... We're all individual. We've all got different fingerprints. Yeah. Well, yes, you can... Yeah, I'm sure that uh, uh, yours are on record in many different places. <laughs> oh, they certainly are. Oh, I'm so tired this morning. I'm sorry, am I boring a, you? Well, you are, really. Yeah. I, mean, I don't <laughs> want to make a big point about it. But it was such a long day yesterday. You having done the four hours... Five. Five hours, was it? So it yes. seemed, seemed shorter, but anyway. And, oh, um, thank you. That's very good. And then, and then me sort of carrying on for four hours. Completely different programme to the one I wanted to do. God, nine hours of you and I. I know. If, if, <laughs> I thought it was stretching, <laughs> stretching credibility just a little tiny bit. Well, in fact, nine hours and 12 minutes of you. <laughs> <laughs> it won't go home. It really won't, honestly. It's like the wheels on the bus go round and round. Get on it. Get on it and go away very fast. Wheels on the bus. Go. Go, oh. go now. I know that you only say this because you love me. Shall I give you a cuddle? I don't think so. No, no, no. I really don't think so. But you are looking very well. Really? And uh, you, you just say that out loud? Yeah. Well, yeah, you look very well. I mean, anybody looks good to me at this time of the morning. Oh. I, I never look this good. Yeah. I do when I get out of the shower. I get out of the shower, I think, God, you're gorgeous. Well, that's an image. That's lasts nice. about five seconds. I think you look lovely in your shirt today. Thank your you. nice little stripy shirt, your white yeah. detailing and stuff. I quite it's like nice. it. It's lovely. I like white. White's nice. Yeah. You can do so much with it. Yeah. Like, when, sort of add to it. When, when did you buy that, then? This one. Yeah. Uh, the other week. Uh, was it, what? Yeah. 1975. No. Very bitter. <laughs> very bitter. I don't know why you're being bitter about that. It's not very good at all. It doesn't matter. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll be going now. Yes. Thank you. Great, great to work with you. Lovely you want tomorrow? Yeah, I'm on every morning. Oh, right. That's you, is it? Yeah. No, I just thought you popped in. I thought it was part of the part of the canteen staff. You're on the radio. Yeah. What again? Yeah. Tomorrow. I'm, I'm the presenter. You model yourself. What's on. your name? Christo. I'm the one that you model yourself on. Oh, this is Christo. Well, honestly, do you know you live and learn. It's nice to meet you. Yeah. Long last. Nice. I've never heard of him. Who is he? I don't know who he is. I'll be back tomorrow though. Christo. They just, they, he does have, probably have another name, but they're probably just Christo. A bit like Vanessa, you know, or Deirdre, or something like that. It's a, you know, they just have one names, these people. I'm Steve Allen, and it is quarter past five. These are the headlines. It's emerged Barack Obama was able to watch the raid that led to the death of Osama bin Laden in real time from the White House. The president saw events unfold on a screen when US Special Forces killed the al-Qaeda leader at his compound in Pakistan. A man in his 60s is in a serious condition after he was hit by a bus in Croydon. It happened on Addiscombe Road just after 9 o'clock last night. And four days after his wedding, Prince William's back at work today as an RAF search and rescue helicopter pilot. The newlyweds are thought to have returned to Anglesey last night after spending a quiet weekend at a secret location somewhere in the UK. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. It's all back to work for everybody. Rachel Hardiman. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Well, things are not looking too bad so far. Podcasts. 
Thank you very much indeed. Uh, did I remember to bring everything? Do you know, honestly, I put things down and then I, th- and then I can't remember what I've done with them. I lose stuff left, right and centre in the studio. <laughs> it's not my day. I'm sure I brought everything down. And then I sort of start looking for it and I'm thinking, I did pick up all my emails and my text messages from upstairs and they vanished before my very eyes. I don't know what's the matter with me now. I must be going completely balmy. I lose stuff. I never used to lose stuff before. Now I lose stuff. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We shall weave it all in on the programme this morning. And uh, what, is, what is today? Tuesday. Where are we on Tuesday? What do we do Tuesday? For the life of me, I can't remember what happens Tuesday on the programme. Because after you have the bank holiday... Oh, and I got a parking ticket yesterday. How clever is that? How clever is that? Always park in the same place and uh, get back and there's a parking ticket. And I thought, wait a minute. I looked at the uh, at the thing where I parked. I parked there every, every, every Sunday, or most Sundays. And I looked at it and it said, free on bank holidays. And so I've written to Westminster Council saying, it's free on bank holidays. It's, you know, a bank holiday, no charge. It's bank holiday. Might be certain bits of Covent Garden, but not this bit. It's exempt on bank holiday. So I checked with somebody this morning. I said, it is a bank holiday. Or it was a bank holiday yesterday. Yep, it was the May bank holiday. I said, well, for some inexplicable reason, they've, uh, they've, they've charged me. They've given me a, a ticket, which is 100 and something pounds, but it's 65 quid if you pay it quickly. And, uh, and the reason... I hope I've got it right, actually. I'm just, I'm just have a quick check. Because I was going to look at this again. You know, sometimes you read things and you go, oh, I've read the blooming thing wrong. And uh, penalty charge, blah, 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 blah. Civil enforcement officer, blah, 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 blah. Uh, that a small penalty charge has been payable. Parked in a restricted street during prescribed hours. Well, I was on a, I was on a, a proper bay. I was on a proper bay. I don't know why they've sort of decided to do that. I suppose it happens all the time. Perhaps traffic wardens don't know. You know, bank holiday, or perhaps they can't read. I don't know, some of them can't read, can they? And uh, all the papers today are full of everything that we did yesterday. I did it, Christo did it for uh, a couple of hours when the news broke. Uh, I did it for four hours yesterday. And um, Ian Dale did it for four hours, and then so on and so forth throughout the day. Uh, by the end of it, even you must have been a little bit bin ladened out, I'm afraid. Uh, he'd been and he'd gone. The trouble is, as we said yesterday, it's not the end of it. It's probably just the beginning as you uh, as you end up with a lot of people who are going to want uh, revenge for his death. And there are other people. It's a bit like I saw a film once where, you know, they, they fired on the first people as they were advancing towards them. They fell down and then blow me down. Some other people popped up behind them. And so it kept on going as far as they kept knocking them down. They kept popping up again. And so uh, Sama's dead. But there's another two or three people who are equally as mental as he was, and uh, and they will continue the fight. I don't really know what the ultimate fight is for, to be honest. We just know that they don't seem to like anything, and yet they, they so embrace the West with all the technology and money. They love all that kind of thing. And yet, strangely enough, they they decide that they want to sort of cause atrocities and they want to kill people. They want to kill their own people as well. They don't seem to have any discrimination about who they kill. It's, and I don't really know what the ultimate goal is. But apart from the fact that we knew at the end that Osama bin Laden was a coward, because he pulled his wife in front of him, assuming, probably, that the Americans weren't going to fire. That didn't stop him at all. And then there were pictures, and then Christo said earlier on, I'm sure he said that one of the pictures was a fake uh, of Osama bin Laden, because I thought that the papers would have had it on the front page, but I'm not sure whether or not that was a, a genuine picture. Uh, over in Pakistan, is, uh, Islamists have burnt the American flag. 
I don't know why, actually, because they all seem to want to get out of the country and go, we seem to have so many people over here from Pakistan. Did Pakistan know that he was there? Of course they did. They can't not know. I mean, they'd have to be incredibly stupid. He was within a hundred yards of a military uh, academy. I mean, America had to kill him rather than put him on trial. Uh, All the other papers have uh, have got early pictures of uh, Osama bin Laden. In his teenage years, members of his very wealthy family, he was the boy who grew up to hate the world. And, um, as I say, now he's dead. And uh, I suppose the rest of it, it'll go down. I said yesterday when we started the programme, you'll always remember where you were or what you were doing the day it was announced that Osama bin Laden had, uh, had died. And, uh, and we did. I went home thinking, it was a programme and a half, wasn't it, yesterday? 84850, uk. Nice to see that the, uh, L- the London clubs, changing the subject, uh, are still keeping the, uh, the trailer trash out. Uh, and in fact, one particular one here, uh, this is uh, somebody who turned up the other day. I think her name is uh, Chloe Sims. Chloe Sims really is, you know, the last thing you'd ever want turning up anywhere at all. It's rather trashy. It's a bit stupid. It's uh, not the brightest penny in the box. You can't speak properly. And so she turned up a London club yesterday and, uh, and they go, no, not coming in, I'm afraid. I think it was at Whiskey Mist in Mayfair. They didn't want her in. And, and then she tried to get into the Aura Club. And they didn't want her in either. Because they have policies, all these clubs, and um, and they don't want those sort of people in there. You know, this is at the height of their fame. You can imagine when they disappear, can't you? They, they, they wouldn't. I mean, she had to go and eat at McDonald's, so didn't even want her in a restaurant. Mainly because these people don't know about restaurants. They don't understand. You know, they, they're, they're more used to takeaway pizza and stuff like that, and chicken in a box. They're not really used to to fine dining. But uh, Chloe tweeted, bless her art. Uh, rubbish. Not allowed in Whiskey Mist if you're from Essex. Clipboard girl, girl a bit gel. I think that's short for jealous. And, uh, no, it's just not jealous of you at all, Chloe. They don't want trash in, OK? They've got standards. It's Mayfair, dear. It's Mayfair. You know, if you lived in Mayfair and you were quite classy or you had anything about you that was classy, you'd probably get in. But you're not. And you didn't. And that's good. Every Every club and every restaurant have actually got, you know, tables and piece of the bar reserved for certain people. You know, if you actually go into the Ivy, you know, and and they look at you and you look like Chloe looks, you know, which is sort of, I don't know what it is really, to be honest, it's just a bit over made up. You know, anything that turns up with sort of half the boobs on display and a dress that doesn't fit properly is a bit trash. And so if she turned up at the Ivy, they wouldn't let her sit in the main room with all the normal people. They'd shove her away because people would go in there and go, I thought this, this was the Ivy, isn't it? Got some sort of standard to it. And you're letting these sort of people in. That's why they have to hang around. You know, if you, the moment you go on television and you start making yourself out to be a bit silly, then that, that's the moment the majority of clubs go, we don't need them. We re- I mean, Whiskey Miss doesn't need the publicity. And I think the manager there said, listen, best that they say to places like Juices and Sugar Hut or whatever it is, you know, down in Brentwood. No point in trying to come up to London because we don't want you up here. Stay down in Essex. You're very proud of Essex. You stay down there. And then I turned on Loose Women and who, who hove into view? Uh, it was uh, Ashley Pearson. Ashley Pearson is the the gossip columnist who turns up on everybody's show that they can possibly get her on. And all she does is she just rehashes. She doesn't seem to have any inside information at all. Most of these people... I mean, all the stories she did yesterday about the royal wedding, I'd done it on the royal wedding day. I didn't understand why she was rehashing it and trying to make out like she had inside knowledge of... You know, she said, oh, and Kate Middleton was wearing hair extensions. I thought, I read that last week! You know, what are you doing? Rehashing. Money for old rope. But they did have... Charles's harpist on there. 
something lovely about somebody who can play a harp. It was really lovely. And she's uh, Prince Charles's official harpist. So we liked her. She was, the, she was the class element. He's got his own harpist. She does. She follows him around. Everywhere he goes, he has her. She had 150 engagements. Yes. She's in she's Clarence's house. She sits in a room. The royal family come in. Yeah. You could be the triangle player next door. You know, I could just go, so what sort of date is? Ting. Lovely, isn't it? You know. A bit like sort of Tinkerbell, the fairy. But uh, then, of course, the programme was let down by the pair of twerps that are Jedward. And poor old Jedward turned up. They're not all there in the brain department, are they? You know. And we've heard the Eurovision song. The trouble is you can't shut them up. They have verbal diarrhoea. And one talks over the other one. And, uh, you know, because we're Jedward and we're, we're this. And, and one, of the, one of the women said, are you American? And he looked at him and went, no, we're Irish. And I thought, I don't think you've understood that at all, have you? Because they're, they're, they're so in your face and so and they're apparently on tour at the moment. I don't know what they're touring. But uh, there they were, Jedward. I mean, you know, a pair of irritants. Luckily on that programme that you get on the Saturday night, So You Think You Can Sing, I think they were gunge this week, which is quite nice. And one of them had his hair cut. He said, I had my hair cut the other week and had this much... Ca-. I thought, how old are you? He's, I think his mummy still does his ears. Come here, come here, John, come here. Do your ears with a cotton bud. Oh, it's broken off. Oh, lovely, you're deaf. And uh, it's disappeared completely inside because it's just emptiness. But they were on there. It was, it, was, it was a bit entertaining, but you could tell it was a little bit stressful for the girls on the panel who aren't really used to talking to two boys who are 19, who have the mental age of a warthog, I'm afraid. That's it's probably an insult to warthogs. But I, just, I couldn't think of anything else. I normally say cabbage. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything that sort of gave you their mental age. It's a bit like The Only Way is Essex, Arge and Kirk, and Kirk's very worrying father. I mean, actually, most of them, they are becoming quite peculiar on The Only Way is Essex. Uh, but the good news is that somebody's done a lovely review of uh, Kerry Coke Toner's programme. I'm doing it for my, for my kids. It's for my kids. I'm, you know, I'm, I've been clean now for ages and ages. I know, but still it's bloody boring. This is LBC 96. I'm still trying to find me bits of paper. I can't find anything this morning. I must have, I'm honestly daft as a brush, you know. It must be the ageing process. You know, you do something and you think, what did I do with that? I'm, I'm sure a minute ago I was holding it in my hand. And I'll swear blind to something. I'll say, you never had it. I go, I was holding it a minute ago. And they go, no, you weren't. And then you get quite angry, don't you? You get... I really was. And then you start thinking, they're sending me round the twist. My favourite, and I wish somebody would do it on a, on a TV show, I've often thought it'd be a really good game for a laugh, would be to sort of take somebody like, like Amanda next door, and she, she goes home to her sort of, uh, to her, her place of, 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 of abode, and what you've done is, the moment she comes out for work, you move in a big removal lorry, they take everything out, they bring in these 60-minute makeover people, they redecorate the place, put in new furniture and a new family change the locks on the door, and she, she goes back there and goes to go in, and there's kids playing in the front room, and she goes, what are you doing here? And they go, we live here. And, and she goes, no, you don't, I live here. And they go, we don't. And then all the other people that she knows there go, oh, hi, Amanda. And you go, I live here. And they go, oh, you moved out years ago. You'd start thinking you'd gone mad, because then you'd walk down the drive going, when did I move out? I've had a breakdown. And then she walks back into here, and everybody goes, oh, hi, you're back, are you? And she goes, well, where have I been? And they go, well, you went out a year ago and we haven't seen... What? I mean, you could drive somebody round the bend, couldn't you? You come in here, I'm here with, with a grey beard, white hair, you know. <laughs> Not unsimilar to this morning. And, uh, and she goes, oh, hi, Stephen. And I go, hello, Amanda. And you go, oh, you're still here? I go, yeah, I'm, I'm just helping out at the moment. 
Christo's running everything. He's he's taken over my, my show, and, and I've, I've just popped in. And she'll go, I've gone mad. I've gone mad. It's a bit like watching one of the reality shows on television. Once again, saluting the infinite variety and fierce editorial independence of ITV2, which provided two particularly eye-catching moments of television commentary this week. The first arrived during Wednesday night's Kerry Katona, The Next Chapter, sponsored by mattressman.co.uk and made by Can Associates. The following day, Kerry, managed by Can Associates, is heading to London for the premiere of Harrison Ford's new movie, Morning Glory. Kerry's friend, Amy Childs, managed by Can Associates, is also going, and so is Peter Andre, managed by Can Associates. And as luck would have it, the second moment was supplied by Thursday night's Peter Andre, the next chapter, sponsored by mattressman.co.uk and made by Can Associates. See if you can spot the similarities. The following day, Peter's heading to central London for the premiere of Harrison Ford's new movie, Morning Glory. Peter's friend, Amy Childs, is also attending. The clearest television case you may ever see of the PR tale wagging the network dog. Solution, writes Ali Ross, can the lot of them. I mean, it, it is tedious that you can always tell when Claire's got a new client because she shoves them in all the programmes and they have to pretend they're all friends. Like, you know, Kerry Katona, I mean, really, she must be really scraping the barrel now. What, but yes, let's have a coffee, yeah. My emails aren't there, are they? No, never mind. I don't know what I've done with them. I've, I'm sure they were on the top of my bits of paper. I don't know. It's not normal, is it? No. I've gone ra- round, yeah. round the bar me today, I'm afraid. So sad. But anyway, so um, so Amy Charles then turns up, and then Ellen Rivas turned up, and of course she had to pretend she was going out with Peter Andre, we went through that charade, and then it turned out she is as boring as you think she is, whereas Pete's like a real big star. And in fact, you know that Pete's a big star, because in his next programme, he's going to tell you about his new secret. He's writing children's books which is sort of following off what Katie Price did. She doesn't write anything, and there's no indication as yet, because it's certainly not emerged at the age of 41, that Pete can actually string two words together. But uh, it was lovely to see him on stage. Looked like he was doing a scout hut. He jumped on stage, looking a little bit like sort of Michael Jackson. Very carefully, though, they didn't let you hear any of the songs he was singing, but when you did hear him singing a song, the microphone was so far away from him, I began to wonder if he was miming, ladies and gentlemen. There appeared to be no effort in it. He jumped up and down a few times, and a few people in the audience went, yeah, woo, woo. Then he brought the children on, because there's nothing like bringing the children on. And, and the children say exactly the same, we love you, Daddy. You know, you might as well just play a clip of, we love you, Daddy. We love you, Daddy. Because it, it's all the time. It is all the time. Uh, Neil says, if the US had not been successful, we would have seen Bin Laden on TV by now, laughing at them in defiance. Well, he kept issuing, didn't he, little, little videos and say, oh, look, I'm still here. But, of course, we all thought we were looking somewhere different. We thought we were looking in Afghanistan. What have you done? Oh. It was quite loud, yes. A bit like a toilet in a caravan. (laughs) (laughs) We used to have a toilet in a caravan. Classy. Classy, I know. Right next door to the very small bedroom. And uh, it was really not the kind of... Well, it was just all one room, really. Toilet and the bedroom, one room. Yeah, the, the toilet is actually in in the bed. It's just in a little fenced off pit in the corner. But the trolley, because fenced they're, off. I know. Fe- well, fenced off is. I mean, it is in like a cupboard. You open a cupboard and there is this metal thing, which I mean, I'm saying it's just not physically possible I to go to the toilet. So we were posh. It was a touring <laughs> caravan. We could tow ours. <laughs> Mother used to tarmac, and uh, father used to do lucky ever. So we had we had a very popular upbringing. We used to have a presenter on LBC. I was talking about him yesterday. He used to hate caravans. Mike Dickin hated caravans. Hated caravans, caravanners. 
Because, you know, come summer, we'd be all over Devon and Cornwall and everything else like that. And then it turned out, somebody, took, somebody went down past his house and he had a caravan on his drive. Cheeky so-and-so. Uh, Steve, what personal musician would you have following you around? I can imagine a Mexican with a couple of those coconuts on sticks full of rice. Yeah, I could... Yeah, because this is after Prince Charles's harpist was on the television now. And um, I think... I don't know what... I don't know. I just quite... I'm always envious of anybody who can actually just play an instrument. We used to have a guy on the programme years and years ago, Steve, and... Uh, when we were in, I forget which studio it was, but he used to come in, shows how much LBC's changed, and he would bring his organ in, plug it into the studio, and people would phone up and go, oh, hi, Steve, hello, Steve, and he'd go, hello, and they'd go, can you play Ski Sunday? And he'd go, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and he, would, he played by ear. And I always thought, how fantastic, whatever song you threw at him, he could do it. Clive did it overnight with uh, Jan and Ray, I think, in Rayleigh, and they used to do the same, they would play it down the phone, uh, the difference being, when we had Steve in the studio, you could actually hear it properly. Jay and Ran, I think they, they Jay and Ray, Jan and Ray, uh, featured on Clive's documentary. And uh, it was so funny, because he's sitting there, the wee small out, playing the organ. And I always wanted to play the organ. I always wanted to play a piano, but I can't. In my mind, I can hear the tune. I just can't transfer. It's like, you know, when you start singing something. I mean, I was singing with gusto at all the royal wedding stuff. I really got quite into it. And I did like it. Well, I don't know who Gusto was, but he was singing with me. <laughs> and, and I was singing along, and then I suddenly thought, you're singing flat. It's a bit like John Warrington. He sings flat. He thinks he doesn't. He thinks he's, he's absolutely pitch perfect. No, he's not. 84850, steve at Great lies and delusions of the TV week this week. Channel 5's Vanessa Feltz. You didn't look laughable or silly when you got married. That was to Peter Andre. <laughs> yes, you did. You looked very silly and very laughable. The only reason she had to say that was because she got invited. Because she's really like close friends. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, ben Afodu. This is poor, poor Ben. Ben, the... Get him off television very quickly. Essex is a very endearing place and the accent is lovely. He's not bright. But uh, ITV2, Kerry Katona. You can knock me down... But you can't keep me down. I can if I hold the pillow firmly enough. Mad as a brush, ladies and gentlemen. Completely stark staring mad, I'm afraid. Uh, Mark the bailiff's off out this morning. In case you were thinking you owe money and uh, you've ignored those little letters that have uh, come in. And you go, I'm not going to pay that. I'm not paying that. He's coming to get you. And, of course, he'll be out at this time of the morning because this is the time when people just wait. They're going, what? And somebody rings the doorbell. You go, oh, who the dickens can that be? You go to the door, he's going, hello, morning, because I'd, I'd be very cheerful. Uh, bailiff, come to take your car. Well, you're not having it. Oh, well, we've already lifted it. It is on the truck here, because that's what they do. They lift it. Well, I'm assuming Mark still does this. They, they lift it and they put it on the truck waiting, because if the person comes out and tries to sit in it, then you're a bit stuck. And so what, what they do is they actually put it on the truck. Then they go knock on the door. When the person pays the money that they owe, and it's got to be a few hundred quid, Actually, I noticed, I must tell uh, Amanda something the other day. I saw somebody's car the other day with, with an out-of-date tax disc on it. An out-of-date tax disc. Can you imagine? I don't know how you get away with that now, because normally the traffic wardens are a little bit, uh, little bit hot on that kind of thing. I love the story of the, of the coppers. And there's a, uh, there's a proud policeman here who found a cannabis factory in Welsh Wales and uh, in Merthyr Tydfil. 
And it's always Vietnamese. For some reason, four Vietnamese men were arrested for this cannabis factory. What they do is they bring people over, they go and rent an empty building, and, and they put in cannabis plants, and then they put in grow lights, they put in everything else. So the policeman finds it after smelling it. It was because it used to be a former nightclub, and apparently there was tons of it. £300,000 worth of cannabis plants, which is amazing. And, and so he, he posed with it. Unfortunately, the police forgot to lock the back door of this club where the plants were growing. And over the weekend, thieves broke in and took £15,000 worth. <laughs> oh, dear. A police insider says a lot of red faces around here at the moment. A lot of people not looking very happy. You know, as we've lost 15,000. Mind you, to get 300,000 pounds, that's always a good start, isn't it? The trouble is, I don't think people realise... I don't think people realise that if you if you smoke cannabis, you generally go round the balmy. Because it gets worse and worse and worse, and you take more, and then people move on to skunk. And before you know where... Although they do reckon that most people driving in London have got some illicit substance in their body. Not me. Imagine, I couldn't even cope with doing that. I couldn't even bear the smell of uh, of skunk and cannabis. Although I do think some cigarettes do smell a little bit like I couldn't bear it. You know, you get people going, yeah, it's really it's really good for you, man. You go, I don't think so. I don't want to call everybody man and go around looking like that. All very odd. Uh, Gordon says, just back from the south of France, did somebody get married? I don't think so. Osama's dead. I can bring you up to speed on that one. And it's the Sony Awards this coming Monday. Um, we've had a bit of a heat wave. No rain was forecast. I really must remonstrate, I'm afraid, with uh, with Chris Lowry, LBC's weather expert, for, for, for sort of saying we're going to have rain this week, because my car is filthy. Absolutely filthy at the moment. I could do with a nice, clean car, but it's uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, a lot of people commenting on yesterday's programme saying, oh, this is a bit of a turnaround for you, Steve. One minute, you know, generally speaking, you're, uh, okay, you're sort of light-ent. Now, the next minute, you've got a four-hour programme on Osama bin Laden talking to strategic people in America and people from universities and stuff like that. And, uh, but I'm f- that's how I started. It's only recently that I've learnt to adapt to bring- make myself more commercially available, more commercially viable. But that's what I started. When I started on LBC, <laughs> you're frozen to death, I um, used to do a programme. I was, I was talking to Joe Phillips the other day, who was with Ian Dale. Joe Phillips and I go back to the early days of LBC, and we were, we were sitting down going through who's still with us and who isn't with us. And she went, she was telling me that she went to Lawrence Spicer's funeral. Lawrence Spicer used to be, um, that's right, a man used to work, but she went to the funeral uh, because she was very good friends with him, and she went on holiday with him back to Africa because he spoke Swahili, apparently. And she said, we go there because he knew that he was dying and he wanted to go there for a holiday. So she used to look after his garden. So she went to, and we were running through the list of all the people at LBC and, you know, who do we remember and who's on the television. He was a character, Lawrence. He really was. He used to do, he was LBC's religious affairs correspondent. Plus, I used to do a programme called um, Sight Unseen. And it was a programme for blind people. And it was the review of the week's news, a three-hander voicer. Me, Lawrence Spicer... And Richard Robbins. And Richard Robbins went to the funeral as well. I mean, he must be 90 by now. Some of these, if, if I'm... Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. And uh, it, was, it was very interesting. Very, very interesting. But Lawrence Spicer went over to Africa and apparently was shouting at people in Swahili. She said it was, it was very, very entertaining. Quarter to six. 
These are the headlines. The US has warned it will investigate Osama bin Laden's support network in Pakistan. Authorities there routinely denied the al-Qaeda leader was in the country. He was shot dead at a compound north of Islamabad by special US forces on Sunday. It's exactly four years since Madeleine McCann disappeared during a family holiday in Portugal. Her parents will mark the anniversary with a private gathering at home. And Prince William returns to his job as a search-and-rescue helicopter pilot later, just four days after his wedding. It's thought the new Duke and Duchess of Cambridge returned to Anglesey last night. Let's have a check on the road, shall we? Rachel Hardiman. Thanks, Steve. Well, many people are back at work today after the e- UK. London's biggest conversation app is available now. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. It's Tuesday morning. You're probably thinking, I don't really want to go back to work because we've just had one of those long weekends again. So you get the... Fr- I mean, it really has been. When you think... The world has turned round in less than a week in this country. The royal wedding on Friday couldn't have been any better. Fantastic weather. Osama bin... What else is that? I'm not sure there's something else. It, it seemed to be a catalogue of, of things happening that sort of made people smile. Over in America, there was celebrations and jubilation. I don't think that was necessarily the right way forward. I can understand. And we spoke to lots of people yesterday, all the experts, who were saying, well, for, for those people who lost, we, we talked to David Buick, and the company that he worked for lost... 630 people in the Twin Towers. That was nearly three-quarters of their workforce because they were on the 101st to 105th floors. He said, and when the plane came in, it was just two floors underneath them. So they stood no chance at all. And it, was, and it, it isn't till you realise the enormity of, of what that is. Three-quarters of a workforce wiped out in seconds. And I said to David, I said, I can't imagine what it must have been like for those people sitting on the planes, because I explained yesterday that when I was on air and we, we spoke to Alan Kappa and it's gone down into the LBC archives, we didn't know what was happening. We just thought maybe it was a plane that had crashed into the twin... T- we didn't know until the second plane came round, and then in a split second, you suddenly realise, wait a minute, this is a terrorist attack. And there are people out there, as we, we discovered, Al-Qaeda is split up into lots of little cells... There's lots of little groups. Might be two people, might be three people, might be four people. And at any one point, they might be activated. They, they'll, they'll be normal people. You know, like Russian spies, like British spies. They'll be living next door to you. Look at the amount of people that we, uh, we expose in this country. Work, a little old lady worked as a spy. She was a... Go away, I'm not talking to anybody. And, um, and that kind of thing. And I think there was a very good film made. And I can't remember who was in it. But it was about uh, a family in America. Husband and wife. Russian spies. But they were activated... So they'd lived in this community for years and years. They'd brought up children. Everybody just saw them as the next-door neighbours. But they were spies till they get that phone call and it activates them. And I think very much the same for al-Qaeda. And then, and I couldn't remember yesterday, and I don't think we ever got the answer, whether or not the suicide bombers came along with al-Qaeda or we'd had them before. You know, people who so firmly believe in something, they're prepared to strap explosives to their body and blow themselves up with the promise of riches on the other side, which, of course, is the biggest load of old balderdash you've ever heard in your life. You know, you get men blowing themselves up. We've had women blowing themselves up. They don't achieve anything. They achieve absolutely nothing at all, apart from they go straight to hell and they stay in hell. That's it. You know, no God, doesn't matter who he is, is going to applaud anybody for the killing of innocent civilians. Men, women, children, doesn't matter who they are. Muslim, Christian, Catholic, Jewish, makes no difference. Nobody's going to endorse that, I'm afraid. Uh, Rob Goldstone says, thanks to Digital Radio, I'm listening to you live on air. Not the Rob Goldstone I know from years ago. Can it be the same Rob Goldstone, who was Michael Jackson's PA when he went to Australia, joined LBC... 
wonder if it's the same bloke. It'd be so funny if it is, because he joined LBC from where I can't imagine. A little... Sh- you think Christo's a little short, rotund man. Rob Goldstone was a little short, rotund man as well. And... And, um... And he managed, in a short space of time, through being in London, he had the most incredible personality. Incredible. He got most of the presenters celebrity membership at Stringfellows. I had a Stringfellows celebrity card. That's why I was a member there. I went, and then I got very friendly with Peter's first wife, Coral, and I used to go there and sit down. We, ju- we just used to go to Stringfellows in the... How we ever had the energy, I've got no idea. Now fills you with horror. You know, you, you get all the PR companies, they say, oh, Steve, we'd like you to come and see this show, and you think... The time the show starts, I'm in bed. I can only do things on a Friday night, and then by the time you get to Friday, you're so whacked out that you need the sleep, so maybe you could do it on a Saturday. And uh, and they can't understand, and Amanda has to say to him, he gets up at t- 2 in the morning, which is like middle of the night for most people, isn't it? I know, it, 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 it is difficult. You do get people saying, oh, so what, what time do you finish when I've, I've finished doing an interview? And you go, I'll finish now, because I've been up since 2 in the morning. And uh, I quite like I wouldn't change it for the world. wouldn't change it for the world. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, more here. Uh, this is... Oh, Justin... Oh, um, Shipwrecked is returning. I don't know if you ever remember Shipwrecked. It was a, the programme which uh, launched the career of Jeff Brazier. <sighs> Make of that what you will. They're going to bring it back. And uh, apparently it's uh, hot-bodied wannabes stripped half-naked on a beach in the sun. Sounds very dull, doesn't it? I'm getting a bit bored with the reality shows. I don't think I've seen anything. If, I mean, I do like Come Dine With Me, because they're all mad as a barrel load of frogs, I'm afraid, on it. And and you watch people on there, and you think, I think you've actually forgotten uh, what's the, you know, what is the, the brief for this. Uh, after his appearance at Kate's wedding, passed without incident, the Middletons might have hoped her controversial uncle, Gary Goldsmith, has turned over a new leaf, but uh, sadly not. He's living with a convicted criminal who once made off with £250,000. <laughs> It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? So there they all are, Uncle Gary and the live-in lover who's a quarter of a million pound thief. Margie, you can't pick your relatives, can you? You cannot pick your relatives. You'll probably find in the dim and distant annals of my family there's somebody who did something dreadful years and years ago. There's a woman here in the mail. She talks here about her daughter who died in 9-11. She says, but I can't rejoice in Bin Laden's execution. Uh, the burial at sea, the reason he was buried at sea, and they ha- apparently have footage of it, although unless we're actually going to see a body covered up and it's going to look like him, and it's been verified with the international community, the conspiracy theories will go on. Uh, buried at sea because they didn't want any fanatics to have a shrine to him. So if he was buried, and and people have said he was buried very quickly, and, and I said it's because of uh, Islam and Islamic tradition, and somebody else said... What, after all he's done, we're still respecting his religion and the fact that he was a God-fearing man. Last thing he was was God-fearing. He was uh, quite clearly, you know, beyond madness, I'm afraid. Absolutely beyond madness. So if you bury him at sea and you don't tell anybody where it is, in fact, we're not even sure which sea it is at the moment, we'll try and find that out, uh, it means that there's no shrine. You can go and bob around on the water for as long as you like. Could be buried in the serpentine. Why do women have so many shoes they never wear? Big question by Penny Smith in the paper today. She's got how many pairs of shoes? 300. 300 pairs of shoes. I mean, alone next door. I mean, Amanda must have uh, 10, at least, at least 10 pairs of shoes. 20 pairs of shoes? 30 pairs of shoes. 40 pairs of shoes? Not 40, so somewhere between 30, somewhere between 20 and 30 pairs of shoes. Why do women have... Is it because women's shoes are cheaper than men's shoes it's because you've got 
different outfits. Well, can't you just wear the same shoes with each outfit? You see, there you go. No, of course you can't, she says. Of course you can't. Like it was... A, because when we looked at uh, Vic Beckham... Oh, that's right, yeah. But Vic Beckham turned up in the Abbey. All a bit embarrassing, actually, because Dave was wearing his medal on the wrong side... He did look OK, but the, the tattoo on the neck was a bit trailer trash. She's wearing shoes. I mean, she'll do her feet in measure all day. They looked as though she'd bought, she's got bunions, hasn't she? Because that's what you get if you're wearing these... I mean, they really looked uncomfortable to walk in. They looked like platforms from years ago. And then she wore another pair later on. Wholly inappropriate. You know, as far as I'm concerned, flats. You do not see old ladies of a certain age tottering about... On high heels. No, but it, but she's going to be an old lady with her feet. She's going to have so many problems with feet. And once once you once you've damaged your feet, <sighs> I bought a thing the other day. It's an ele- electronic machine, and uh, and it's I saw it advertised. Where did I say advertised? Amazon, I think. And it's for taking off hard skin on your feet. And it says you too can have super baby soft skin on your feet. And and so I plugged this thing in. Well, not plugged. It's, it's got batteries in it. It's quite. You get really carried away. Like, zzz, zzz. Start doing everything now. I'm so carried away with it. And I'm thinking, I like this idea. But what I would really like is to go to a chiropodist once a week. So, so a chiropodist, because there's nothing worse than men wearing sandals with bad feet, you know, toenails that aren't cut and, you know, dry, cracked skin. It looks horrible. So there's, and it's the only thing that nobody bothers about. Nobody ever worries about it, apart from ladies when they're buying all these shoes. When you've got open-top shoes... You've got to paint your nails, even if you put a clear varnish on. So you've got to have nice nails. You've got to sit there at night, your feet soaking in a bucket, you know, and then you take them out, then you dry them all off, then you massage a bit of cream, and then you paint your nails. And and then you can put on sandals. Well, that's exciting. Men can't do that. Men just because, you know, unless you're wearing sandals, and mostly men of a certain age would wear sandals with socks. And uh, it's, it's not a good look. But at least it sort of means you don't have to show your feet to people. Because most men do not have great feet. But I would love to go to a chiropodist. That would be a luxury. If somebody said, what would be a luxury? That would be chiropodist once a week who would sort of make sure your feet were absolutely wonderful and sort of trim your toenail. Oh, dear. That's a clear varnish on there or something. I don't know. Uh, But it's also the fact that now that we buy online, women love getting presents. Women absolutely, like anybody does. I'm still waiting for my tins of biscuits, as you can well imagine, which haven't turned up yet. So here we are. We ordered them, well, last Tuesday, a week ago today. Hurrah, your biscuits are on the way. Well, no, I ordered them through Biscuiteers, and they only do it through Royal Mail. So, but, I mean, but that was Tuesday. Hurrah, your biscuits are on the way. The hell they were, because here we are on Tuesday... Still no biscuit. This was for the royal wedding. This was going to be her little treat. Her little treat next door. It was going to be, you know, I was going to go, look, you know, really expensive tin of biscuits. That's my... And I said you could have the tin and everything. And she's a lot of tears. So anyway, I'm hoping today that they might turn up. Because unless somebody sat on them somewhere, and I'm assuming tins of biscuits that cost £40, you know, they must get a signature for these things. And the only signature you can ever get in this building for stuff is Courtney. And he would normally send me an email straight away, because I'm on LBC. Take the guesswork out of staff leave. Who's... Morning, everybody. Tuesday morning in London town. Your bank holiday has finished. Sure, there's another one round the corner. There generally is. It's like, a bit like buses, you know. They're not going to arrive. Oh, no, it's three of them. All at the same time. I hate that. It drives me mad. Nice to be company. I trust you had a really, really good weekend. If you've only just sort of come back into the real world, welcome. It's been a hell of a long holiday, isn't it? What with the Friday and all the celebrations and uh, and how good everybody was. And then Patsy went out to um, 
to the Royal Albert Hall to see Brian May and Kerry Ellis, the anthem concert, although, frankly, she wasn't a fact that the concert was great and everybody was very good, but the, the dresses weren't too good for Kerry Ellis. Perhaps she shops at the same place as Beatrice and Eugenie. They just got it in the neck from everybody, didn't they? Just about every single person went, oh dear, a big fashion faux pas. On Thursday, don't forget, the country votes on whether or not to adopt the alternative vote system for future general elections. You can have your say with Ian Dale from Seven on Tuesday for LBC's big AV debate. He'll be joined in the studio by Greg Dyke and Peter Hayne from the Yes campaign. We'll be debating with Margaret Beckett and Steve Norris from the No campaign. And you'll have your opportunity as well putting your uh, your questions to the panel. It's with Ian Dale on Thursday on LBC from uh, from 7 o'clock. Jacqueline wrote me a very, very nice uh, email. I can't, I can't read it all out, actually, but uh, it is... She said it amazing, because we had a lot of people writing and saying you were coming in to do the bank holiday programme and at the last minute the programme changed. And within 15 minutes, the team got everything up and run it. All I had to do was sit here. I have to be honest, though. I mean, four hours just... Seemed like a lifetime, like a career, like a career. And uh, she said, with seemingly 15 minutes notice, the death of Osama bin Laden, you presented a substantial programme with the gradually emerging facts and most notably demonstrated how to interview serious and intelligent speakers. Well, as I said before, that's what I did. When we had LBC reports midnight years ago, back in the year (coughs) frozen to death, um, I used to do, I did news. That's what I did. I did news programmes and then gradually sort of moved into the showbiz side. And, uh, and for some stranger, at the one time, there was a big advert in the papers for all the different presenters. And I got The Guardian. They stuck me in The Guardian. I, I always wanted to be The Sun or The Mirror or something like that. But I always got The Guardian for, for reasons best known to everybody else. And uh, thank you very much indeed, Jacqueline, for that. I won't read it all out. It's uh, far too embarrassing and far too, far too flattering. It's always nice to get flattery, you know. But as, as, as many bits of flattery you get, you get the... Uh, the other bits as well. Uh, Princess Beatrice's hat, says Chris. Yes, I mean, it, do you know, to, to be honest with you, I don't know who designed it. I don't know if it was a Philip Treacy. Apparently that's why Victoria Beckham was a bit edgy on the wedding day, because her hat wasn't finished till seven in the morning. And to be honest, oh, it was too small. It looked a bit too... I mean, I'm not a fashion expert, but when, you know, you sort of... You see these little... I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I can talk about most fashionable things, but I looked at the hat and it was a little... Everybody's saying fashionistas. Is it fashionistas? Is that no? What, what are those little little hats that just, not fashionistas, fascinators? Uh, all the experts were saying on the day of the royal wedding. Oh, so fed up with these. And then uh, Sam Cam, Samantha Cameron, turned up with no hat at all, which is a big fashion faux pas. You have to wear a hat for a wedding. That's the whole idea. That's what women go to weddings for—to wear a big hat. But uh, to have just a few things sewn into your hair wasn't wasn't particularly exciting i'm afraid so she got the big big thumbs down as well but most people were wearing some really really nice hats except beatrice and eugenie and i don't know where they where you get things like that from i've often said it's the having lots and lots of money although not so in their case and no fashion sense at all somebody say oh you must wear this it's very fashionable really yes yes it's really fashionable but like Colleen Rooney going out to cricket. You really look good. Oh, that's love. That really suits you. Oh, that's about you must buy that. Ten thousand pounds. And yesterday, Anne Marie was talking to us, she was our guest paper reviewer, about uh, how much dresses cost. And it turns out that Pippa Middleton's dress was something like fifteen thousand pounds. The bride's dress, and it is going on display. Uh, Buckingham Palace have said it will be going on display, and at the moment, just getting sidetracked, uh, um, the trees and the bride's bouquet 
are down there in Westminster Abbey, and yesterday there were queues around the block. You have to pay to go to Westminster Abbey, but you can go in there and see the trees and the bride's bouquet, which were there for another week. But they are going to put the dress on display. And then somebody said that her dress cost a quarter of a million. I said, it can't have cost a quarter of a million. But they kept it secret because the people making it didn't know that they were making the wedding dress. They thought they were making a dress for a reality show. So it was all put together in bits, and it didn't come together till the morning, but they didn't tell them who it was being made for. Not clever. That's why, for the first time ever, it was totally secret. Nobody knew what the dress was going to be. Even the people making it didn't know that that was the wedding dress, but I thought it looked fantastic. I was very, very, uh, very, very pleased. Very, very pleased. It, it just, it was a perfect day. Perfect day, happy couple, really good. Uh, Rob Goldstone said... Who else would it be? I was royal radio commentator on Friday, still doing PR in New York City. He says, you're still the best of the best. I think I'm probably the only one still alive, actually, out of the best of the best, if there is such a, is such a thing. Um, did anybody else, says Ken, notice that Beckham was anyone wearing any medals, even if it was on the wrong side? Most of them could have out-medalled him. Medals and decorations are only worn when indicated on the invitation. I know it was, to be honest with you, you're quite right, for a wedding... Unless you're in the military, you don't wear medals. You, you, you just turn up, you wear a smart suit, you've combed your hair, you've put on some nice smelly and that's it. Uh, and he shouldn't have been wearing medals. But then, you see, there's nothing the matter with people making faux pas. You can probably just cope with it, can't you? But it, it, it does look a little bit silly. My favourite quote, says Paul in Manchester, about the hats was that Eugenie was wearing a Sky Satellite dish on her head, obviously relaying the whole thing to Fergie in Thailand. Nice to see Ian Dale and half of LBC on Piers Mogadon's show with Widdy. Have to say that you can't help but like her. Same as yourself. Takes no prisoners. Would you agree to an interview with Piers? If not, who would you like to grill you? Um, I thought they'd run out of ideas, actually, on Piers' show. When, when, when they did Prescott... I thought, you know, that was... They, they obviously can't find anybody big enough. So they put some people on there. I mean, I, so I didn't... So who actually was in the audience as well? I mean, Ian Dale would be there, I think, because he's worked with Widdy. Uh, it's a funny thing, isn't it, about sort of certain men and Anne Widdicombe. She seems to attract certain people. She's a little bit of a fag hag, where she's got these sort of people trailing around, going, we love you, Anne Widdicombe. Is it because she's sort of... She's a little rotund Toby jug? What is it? What is it about Anne Whittacombe? I'm fascinated by this. Uh, if I could choose a musician to take around the world with me, it would be Reginald Dixon and the Blackpool Tower Wurlitzer. <laughs> Last of all, any joy yet with the chips words? Last time I heard, somebody was posting something into you. Well, it, well, we haven't had any post over the last couple of days, so I'm hoping that uh, today is the day that the biscuits turn up. It'll be nice for tomorrow, won't it? And the, the words, the school song from Goodbye Mr Chips which is coming from Lower Sunbury. So I'm hoping that that... It should be here tomorrow. Should be. Uh, short break for the uh, news headlines. Quarter past six. Sam Pittis. The US has warned it will investigate Osama bin Laden's support. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes. I've, I bought the uh, app... I got the app free the other day, which is the official uh, wedding programme. And I've got a copy here in front of me. They're apparently selling on eBay £119. Uh, £119. Uh, for this one, it appears within hours of Friday's ceremony finishing. A uh, delivery, £4.50 extra. The seller boasted this is the official order of ceremony. Very rare, true collector's item and the chance to own a piece of history. Well, I've got one here. Uh, another trader calling themselves only at the Abbey was asking £1,000, but they've only got one bit of 50 
Uh, it's not clear who's selling the programmes, but several guests, including members of the Diplomatic Corps, were seen surreptitiously grabbing spare copies. Oh, yes. A royal source described the actions and the auctions as inevitable but disappointing. And, of course, everybody talking about poor old Beatrice's silly little hat. And there's now a website called Princess Beatrice's Ridiculous Royal Wedding Hat, which has so far got over 124,000 visitors. <laughs> People have changed the pictures on the top. One's got a hat, a cat coming out of it. So the other one's sort of designed it as a toilet seat. And, uh, and another one's got the two people from Star Trek holding the... going fascinators on stun, holding the gun. Very, very good indeed. But my, my favourite uh, promotion comes through the Daily Mail, a unique souvenir of the royal wedding. You could win one of the historic horseshoes used by the household cavalry in Friday's possession. So, in other words, the horse is there. Well, we'll walk up and down the road. Now, oh, you're taking the shoes off again, are you? Oh, right. So we don't have any say in what we're wearing. No, they've managed to get hold of them. You could own a piece of royal history, a horseshoe, worn by one of them. The male has secured all 744 horseshoes. Well, how do you get hold of the... Do you write off to them? I could, should have written myself. Listen, is it possible to buy 744 of the horseshoes, please? Um, not really. OK, right. Uh, Daily Mail, yes, you still want to buy them? I mean, do they have to buy them? Do you, I suppose they would, wouldn't they? Uh, the horseshoes will be cleaned, lacquered and stamped with the date of the royal wedding by the household cavalry's own... Fa- ah, right. They're going to package each one with a certificate of authenticity, a photograph of the horse and the rider taken on the morning of the royal wedding, and for every horseshoe we give away, the mail will make a substantial donation to the Household Cavalry Operational Casualties Fund. That's good, isn't it? I wonder how much they'll give. So they've got 740-foot horseshoes. That lovely go- That's my horse. That's my horse there. That's the rider. Don't know who they are. They've just taken a picture and they're one of those horses. I mean, they're all the same horseshoes, but they're going to stamp them with the... It's obviously quite a commercial little enterprise now. Even the household cavalry are jumping on the bandwagon. So I'm um, tempted to say good luck. But on the other hand, I don't know. Well, lots of you still want to talk about the royal wedding. So what were your wedding highs and lows? Just tell me, you know, the best bit was, the worst bit was... And you can send it in now to 84850 or tweet me at LBC973. So the best bit was, the worst bit was. I think, to, to me, there, there were so many good bits. I didn't think there were any bad bits. I mean, I, I thought there were embarrassing bits. I mean, you know, Beatrice and Eugenie were embarrassing. But, uh, but the, but the good, good side of it, everybody looked happy. Apparently a dreadful snub to the Queen. Uh, so the Queen snubbed Camilla. Camilla sort of gave her sort of cheek and the Queen shook her hand... But bypassed or said of all. Because uh, I have seen the Queen kiss Camilla before. Philip kissed Camilla. Threw her to the ground. Oh, naughty little thing you are. You're a flippity jibby. And, um, <laughs> but the Queen sort of sidetracked her. Which was, which was a bit noticeable. You know, that's on YouTube as well. So what was the, the wedding high? What was the, the wedding low? If you can think of it. I thought the choir were really good. And on iTunes, you can download the whole service. The whole thing is up there. I think the BBC are bringing out a video, a, video, a DVD, a video. And, uh, and they'll just put together the day. I mean, to be honest with you, the worst part for me is always the television commentators. Because they sit there having to pad around nothing. I mean, at one point, they had... Uh, I forget who it was. I think it was somebody... Somebody queuing down to somebody in the mall and going, OK, let's go down to, uh, to Fern in the mall. And so there you have Fern. Oh, oh, you know, because she was real class. And uh, it's no good. You put her in a frock, still a bloke. Doesn't make any difference to me. And she's going, big cheer, you're all on the television. Ray, where are you from? Australia. Back to the studio. And that was the end of it. Ah, so you're from Australia. Lovely. 
Uh, drivers are going to face automatic £80 fines if litter is thrown from your car. I don't see it as often as... People, I mean, is, is litter... Would that be the same as cigarette ash? You know, when you flick cigarette out, would that be seen as litter? Or sort of throwing a cigarette out the car? A cigarette butt, that would be seen as £80 fine. £80 or matches. Matches. Who uses matches? Are you, uh, we know people who do use matches, but I don't. I've, I mean, years ago, you did. You take out your packet of fags and your matches on the top there. And uh, but not that people buy, you know, lighters, ten for a pound in Poundland, where else? And um, they're now going to fine you eighty pounds because it'll be quite easy. They've got all these cameras up everywhere. They'll just sort of nick you on the cameras, I suppose. Uh, Monica's the one who says the official royal wedding soundtrack is available to download from iTunes. Proceeds to Will's and Harry's charity. Uh, Paul says there is video and pictures on the internet of Bin Laden. Dee says it's been a memorable couple of weeks, hasn't it? The wedding which I watched with my Bezziest chum, had a great time. Then Bin Laden gone, thank God. Uh, though you and the others are saying it's by no means over. I've always admired your broadcasting skills, she says, to take on the Bin Laden story at a moment's notice. I can do anything. It's called, it's <laughs> called versatility. It's called, what do they call it, multitasking. The only thing I cannot do is I can't drive a desk. I, I can drive a car, but I cannot drive a desk. I mean, for love nor my... They could sit there till, you know, hell freezes over, and I wouldn't have the faintest idea. And I purposely, years ago, always made a conscientious effort not to learn. Because I just... I can't think of anything... I can't, you know, I can barely cope with my life as it is without having to worry about driving a desk and a computer. I mean, computers just throw me anyway. Uh, Steve, uh, I have fortnightly pedicures. They're like uh, chiropody. Glamour nails in Richmond. Uh, guys go to for thirty quid. Thirty, actually, that's about right. I think the last time I went to the Shropodist, I think it was twenty-seven quid. So I thought it was quite good value. I wouldn't want to hang around with people's feet. Um, and Paula says I had to be serious yesterday morning because of what. Uh, so you had to be serious because what happened to Osama bin Laden. Nice to have the comical Steve Allen back with us on the radio this morning. I think you could. I, could, I think you can intermingle with it, can't you? I like. I like. I like to think you can sort of cross. You know, from this one effortlessly into Osama bin Laden's dead, and it it shows versatility. You know, if you can only do the one thing, what a pretty dull world it would be. I was trying yesterday to sort of get hold of Kerry Katona to do her take on Osama bin Laden. And I thought that might have been taking it just a little bit too far. Uh, Lisa says, I'm using a Roberts little travelling radio. Can I download LBC from it? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I really don't think so. But um, it doesn't matter, because you can go to the LBC website and learn how to podcast. Steve, whoa, before all Muslims get grouped together, can I point out that the majority of us are normal, peace-loving folk? I'm relieved the guy's dead, though slightly uncomfortable, as indeed you are, with celebrating it. The idiots who preach the West against Islam rhetoric get far too much attention, though Iraq certainly didn't help with that point of view. Yes, I agree. I mean, I don't... I, I agreed with a lot of the commentators that we spoke to yesterday. I don't think we should be... You know, celebrating, celebrating his, his death doesn't really mean too much. All right, so he's one person out of... You know, probably another four or five people that you could lose quite happily. But uh, it, it doesn't make the problem go away. I wish it did. I wish it did. I wish it was that simple. I wish it was that simple. You could sit down with Al-Qaeda and they could say, right, well, this is what we'd like to see. Because whatever it is, I, I don't think they've got the faintest idea either what they would like to see. Uh, Richard in Wapping thinks that uh, Beatrice and Eugenie look like the Teletubbies. Well, the hat certainly did look look a bit Teletubby-ish, which was quite good. Um, uh, another one here. I was surprised, says Deborah. Uh, Philip kissing Camilla. 
Yes, I mean, it, it, it was quite good. It could be anybody, actually. That's Steve version. It was Charles again, I'm afraid. Shelley says, I took it that the reason the Queen didn't kiss Camilla was because having to navigate both their hats as their respective cheeks met would have been too difficult. However, not a problem for Camilla. Yes, I mean, well, you know, I don't know. Do you think it was that? Or do you think there is a, there is a slight thing? Listen, I'm the Queen, OK? I'm the Queen. I've been here before with my son when he got married and we didn't realise that he was playing around with somebody else. At least when, when William got married, you knew they'd been together eight and a half years and they quite clearly... I thought Harry's aside was really good. Wait till you see the dress. Wait till you see... Because the trouble is now, which you never would have got years ago, as I said the other day, lip readers. Lip readers. I mean, everybody going... Well, what did they say there? Even on the balcony, they play it back to lip readers and, they, uh, and they'll tell you exactly what was said. I loved. I absolutely love it. It's so very, very good. Uh, ben says, I've got 51 pairs of trainers and about 20 pairs of shoes. Good Lord. You have, really? 51 pairs of trainers? I don't even have any, any pairs of, of trainers at all. I've got no trainers. Is that bad? Or do you get to a certain age and you don't really wear trainers? I mean, if, if, if I want to go running, actually. Uh, Martin says, programmes for the wedding service were on sale in the Mall for two quid. I don't think you need to buy it, do you? The horseshoe sounds quite good. I wouldn't mind winning one of those. LBC 97.3 It's amazing. The, the, the one person who thought that Beatrice's hat was amazing was Philip Treacy. His uh, partner, Stefan, tweeted from New York. She looked incredible. Uh, the hat was uh, absolutely fantastic. I wouldn't ask Philip to defend his hats. There's nothing to defend. And apparently, yeah, because I think Philip Treacy made about 40 of the hats for the, uh, for the royal wedding. Best bit, says David, was seeing Beckham with his OBE, which shouldn't have been worn with morning dress anyway, on the wrong lapel. I don't think you wear M- OBEs, do you? To be honest with you, it was, it was a, you just turn up. He was there because of his, his connection with football. It was a bit of a tenuous link anyway, saying he's never got anything. But, you know, that was where the friendship was formed. Not really a friendship, because they were definitely way back down the abbey. Um... But the, uh, or as we prefer to call it, uh, Westminster Santander, um, they, and they sort of sat there, but he was, he, you definitely wouldn't wear that. That was a bit show-offy, not the kind of thing. But uh, she didn't look at all happy. I think she was stressed. I think getting there, I think her feet must have been aching, but knowing how much she likes fashion, you know, it's, you know, you have to, oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. and, um, and then she sat there and you think, oh, smile. I think she needed more, more blusher on my television. I had to adjust the colour. She looked a bit pale, I'm afraid. Uh, Steve, Catherine forgot to leave her bouquet on the Tomb of the Unknown Warrior. Yes, I noticed that. When she walked out of going, stop, 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 stop. No, she's gone straight past. And she went straight past. It is back on there now and it will be there for a week. The bouquet is there and the trees are remaining. If you've never been to Westminster Abbey, you should go. You'd be horrified how small it is. When you go inside, you'll be going, it looks so much bigger on the television. So much bigger. Uh, Steve in London, couldn't believe how dull Hugh Edwards was. Uh, so I've seen more personality in, a, in an empty winkle shell. Sweet. And uh, Kevin says, obviously, Beckham showed he definitely can't read. Apparently, the invite said no regalia. And then even when he does, his OBE's on the wrong side. I mean, didn't he look around on the day and think, I must be the only one with an OBE among all these dignitaries? I know. It was a bit strange. When I first looked, I thought, what is he wearing? And then somebody said, it's his OBE. I said, what, to a wedding? He goes out to dine at Claridge's wearing his OBE. A little bit funny. Uh, Tony says, 
Best bit was William saluting, passing the cenotaph. No, the best bit was William saluting every time the national anthem got played when he went past another band. And Catherine learnt after first time, bow your head. So the national anthem played, William saluted, she bowed her head. Only took one time for it, because she's going to have to remember all this protocol. Before the uh, wedding, going to Buckingham Palace, nobody doing anything. After the wedding, she's now in the royal family, all the footmen bowing chambermaids curtsying in front of it. Everybody's doing that now because now she's, uh, she's royal. Uh, Charles looked very uncomfortable at the Abbey. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Uh, Mike in Kent says, I hope the sad passing of Henry Cooper hasn't been overlooked. Oh, God, we did tons on it yesterday. We did tons on our Henry because uh, we know lots of people who knew Henry Cooper. He was lovely. He was very, very, very depressed, though, after his uh, wife died, Albina, and then his uh, twin, George, died as well. And uh, Bryn... And Annie wrote in to say that they'd, uh, they'd known him for over 30 years. And uh, he was a water rat, of course. And, uh, and they said he, he had gone downhill. He was, he was very sad, very sad at the end, as you can well imagine. So uh, he was not passed over at all. He was really not. No, he was... I mean, I met him on numerous occasions. He'd, he'd been into LBC over the years, not in this building, but he'd been in previous ones. And, you know, he was exactly the same. All right. He was a bit like, do you remember Len, Len Goodman when he came in? Len Goodman, exactly the same, you know, nice, down-to-earth. All right, Steve, how you doing? Nice. And Henry Cooper, exactly the same. What you saw was what you got. Nice, nice man. Uh, Tony says, high point of the royal wedding was the beautiful bride. Low point, not having Cliff Richard to sing congratulations. Uh, you all right, fans? I'm oh, sorry, not even a good impression. I don't even know why I bothered doing that one. Uh, Steve says, Merlin, I'm surprised how much I enjoyed the wedding. I planned to buy the DVD. Because I've discovered that my first cousin, once removed, was one of the prince's ushers, having shared a house at uni. We were all only two or three degrees separated from everyone. I don't think I'm separated from anybody, actually, at all. And Deborah says, one of my highs was when William and Kate came out onto the balcony and she saw the people, she went, wow. She said, but all of it was a high and I was so proud to be British. Deborah's in Essex. She's also proud to be British and from Essex. Which is, uh, which is true. I thought it was good, actually. Nicholas thinks the one possibility is that Beatrice and Eugenie had fashion advice from their mother, Fergie. That would explain everything. Yes, again, it's, it's the old um, Ivana Trump thing. Loads and loads of money and just bad sense of fashion. And the fashion designers couldn't care less because most of them are balmy anyway. They all sort of turn to go, yeah, you must wear this, it looks fabulous on you. It's fabulous. Even in uh, Absolutely Fabulous, when uh, Adina went out to go and buy clothes, because it was made by a particular... Fa- it's fabulous. It's, I've got to have it. And she would put on things, and she ended up, if you think about it, that did look like a scene from Ab Fab, Eugenie and Beatrice getting out of the car. Could have been Adina and Patsy getting out of the car in Ab Fab and falling over. It was, it was not unsimilar, I'm afraid. Uh, my biscuits arrived, says Ian, on Saturday the 30th, after being posted on the 26th. I'm not sure what the biscuits look like, as they're sealed... So he said, don't get too excited by the tin. Well, listen, I'm excited. But we bought three of them, three, three tins, which we would have had on, on the blooming wedding day, but I don't want to make a big thing about it, because that's not my kind of thing. Uh, my abiding memory, other than the hat, the poor soul in the Lancaster bomber, who every time he went to camera couldn't be heard or disappeared under a tonne of picture interference. A spectacular waste of cash on the Beeb's part. So agree about your coverage yesterday. Nice to hear your serious head-on for a change. If there's any uh, justice, I'd like to think you and the team get a Sony Award nod. Oh, no, we don't do things like that. That's been my, my one thing that I've always said. People have said, you know, do you not think you'd like an award? No. <laughs> no, thank you very much indeed. No, rather keep my head under the parapet. Rather keep my head under the parapet. It's much, give, give awards to other people. Other people deserve them. You know, it, it's good. Uh, Steve, did you know that Uncle Gary owns a bar in Spain? James Whittaker mentioned it on Australian TV. 
James Whittaker. Oh, I don't know. He was there, was he? I won't mention the name of the bar. It's a bit... Uh, uh, Nora thinks that my uh, my Prince Philip—it could be Prince Charles as well, actually. Or well, somebody said it sounds a little bit like Camilla. I don't know what it's—it's it's, it's more a visual thing. I mean, it's—it's it's the kind of thing you really—you you need to see it to appreciate just how good it is. Uh, Noreen, good morning. And Steve, did I hear you right? You don't have a chiropodist. My dad, at 82, a lot older than you, is seen every three weeks. I would have thought your doctor would have pushed you, shouting and screaming. No. No, no, no. I, I, um, um, I suppose you could go. I mean, I've got the results of the blood test tomorrow. And to be quite honest, I think that's okay. Uh, the Apprentice is coming back, which is good news. Way Although they're doing... Oh, tummy ache now. They're doing something completely different. As opposed to a job with Alan Sugar, they're going to give you 150,000 quid uh, so you can set up your own business. So, to be honest with you, fish and chip shop. Okay? That's where the money is. Fish and chips make loads of money. So, uh, good man. And, uh, and several weeks ago, it was mentioned that the great Hilary Devy was going to be on the panel, but now no mention. Uh, yes, I'm not sure about that one. I'm not sure about that one. I, 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 honestly, I didn't know. Uh, I think you saw it on the Business Inspector on Five, amidst all the dross on television tonight, the great Citizen Kane with Orson Welles. They did show some rubbish films on over, um, over Bank Holiday. I think they must sit there thinking, listen, nobody's going to be inside. Let's put rubbish on. So we had all all sorts of strange things. What was one of them I was sitting there watching for about five minutes before I kicked myself and said, are you stupid sitting there watching this uh, this rubbish? Um, the wedding high, the way London looked and the supporters, no lows, says Maria. It did look good. We walked down through uh, Trafalgar Square on the morning after we finished the programme. That's why there's some photos up on the LBC website. I've been taken to task, though, Steve. No tie and shirt outside... I haven't tucked a shirt in for about the last 15 years. I can't. You know, if you're not attractive, there's no point in sort of tucking a shirt in. Nobody's going to notice me anymore. And and ties I don't do either. I'm not a tie person. I've got the Lady Rattlings coming up very shortly. Well, I say coming, I've got the Lady... I'm going to their uh, special dinner. Details on their website, actually, uh, which we mentioned the other day on the programme. And uh, they've got the lovely Julia McKenzie, who's special guest, which I'm very much looking forward to seeing. Definitely getting a picture taken with her. And, uh, and Alan Titchmarsh is doing the after-dinner speech. So that'll be really, really nice. Very much looking forward to that. Uh, Leon says, best bit, Chaz from Chaz and Dave playing at my local. Worst, The Hangover. Uh, see, I didn't get The Hangover. Um, uh, Jay says, the royal wedding dress code that was printed in the newspapers stated hats were optional for women. Well, you would always wear a hat for a wedding. I've never heard of people not wearing hats, especially when you get there and everybody is wearing a hat. You kind of stick out like a sore thumb. And, of course, the one thing you don't realise until you watch these people getting out of cars and until you watch them walking is that a lot of these people can't walk. They cannot walk. They walk like cart horses. And there's an art to walking. You know, luckily, Vicky shuffled in with uh, with Dave, and so that was OK. But then, quite clearly, wasn't at all impressed with it. Why, Dave, I thought you knew him. Why are we not closer? Hello? Hello? I think people were trying to make conversation with her. I don't think she was having any any of it at all. <laughs> but uh, she's, she's a good girl. She makes, makes the best of it. Let's face it, out of all the Spice Girls. And there's still a rumour they're going to get back together. There is still the rumour... Unfortunately, I fear it's more a threat than a rumour that they're actually going to get back together and sing. This is my stomach, I know. Yesterday, though, I was competing with Anne-Marie. Her stomach was going and my stomach was going. Uh, Fred said the best error was the radio presenter at Prince, Win- Prince William has just kissed his bride, the Duchess of Cornwall, on the balcony. I know, there were faux pas all over the place. And you know what it is. 
It's, it's nerves. Nerves sort of get in. I mean, I watched a celebrity joke version of Celebrity uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And it was so desperate, they had David Walliams, who looked like he'd got Nanny Pat, but it might have been his own, his own mother on there. They had um, Ollie Moores and his mother, who were dim as planks. They had to ask somebody. Uh, they had to is it phone a fr- they, they actually phoned a friend on what it was called when you sent something. Was it tweeted or twatted or what, whatever it was? There were four things on there, and they didn't know the answer. Ollie Murs and his mum sat there, and they had to phone a friend. They walked away in the end because they were so dim. It was better that they got out while they were ahead as opposed to losing everything. Terribly embarrassing. Patsy Palmer was there with her son, and we think it's going to be an actor. She does. She's got lovely hair, actually. I like Patsy Palmer. I met her, her mum once. She's a, she's a regular listener, as indeed are so many of us. Regular, that is, not, not listeners. And uh, so she didn't do too badly. But Ollie Murs, and he's sitting there, most peculiar. For, who does high fives with their mothers? High fives. Sure sign they're from Essex. Oh, dear me. Daily Mirror this morning on the front page will come round to and the, uh, the Daily Star. Oh, they're telling you that really exciting news today. You could be in Big Brother. I think, again, it's a bit more of a threat, I'm afraid. Quarter to seven. News headlines, Sam Pittis. The US has warned it will investigate Osama bin Laden's support. From seven. Morning, everybody. 11 minutes to seven is the time. And uh, Linda says, great to have you kick boost the day. It's quite nice, isn't it? I quite like the idea of kick boosting the day. Uh, Bridget says, uh, thank you uh, for that interview. Uh, on your show on the 5th segment about Bin Laden. I'm the classical singer from the states that you spoke with. Absolutely. Thank you very much indeed for that. There you go. We spoke to all sorts of people. It was, it was good fun, actually, wasn't it? Uh, the best bit was the priest cartwheeling down the aisle, Steve. Says, John, my disappointment, why as a serving RAF officer did uh, he not wear an RAF uniform? And as William of Wales, why was he made a colonel of the Irish Guards a few days before the wedding and made to wear their uniform? Also, we only saw five seconds of the military band and nothing of the RAF band. And why did the trumpeters not wear their dress hats? Says John in Amersham. God, I wish I knew the answer to half of those. I don't know. We, they, we had that lovely fly past. I like the fly past. I thought that was good. And um, another one here. Uh, incidentally, Charles and, and Diana were married in St Paul's. Did we, did we, not, did we say they weren't? I don't think we mentioned Charles and Dan and where they were married. Yes, we know they're married in St Paul's, because that's a cathedral. He just got uh, the Santander thing, you know, which was OK. Uh, Steve in London says, surely they didn't expect Beckham to know what the word regalia means. He probably thought it was Chelsea's new signing. It's obviously going to be the gag for the morning, I can tell. Uh, the best bit, says Sue, simple. Her lovely smile, beautiful smile. The worst, the two pantomime dames, Eugenie and Beatrice. They looked as though they'd stepped out of um, a Walt Disney cartoon where they were playing the ugly... They really... I mean, I don't want to be rude, but they did look like that. That was their... Fa- they've got horny faces. You know, and they were just inappropriate outfits. Uh, Kate kept her flowers for the photos. If you look at the Queen's wedding photos, she's missing her flowers, says Angela. Yeah, that's why... The, I've, I'd forgotten about that. They go back, have the photos taken, and beautiful photos, weren't they? I thought they were, they were very, very good. Brian says, Iris always wears a hat to a wedding. Usually got six pounds of fruit and veg on the top. <laughs> Uh, Anne in Richmond says the choir amazing. Did you know James Max's brother was in the orchestra? Well, yes, we knew that. Somebody wrote in the other day and said, I thought the orchestra were lovely. Because, bearing in mind, all their rehearsals, they wouldn't have heard the orchestra until she stood there on that day. And then you could see her father's hand shaking as he walked down. It must be very nerve-wracking. You must think it goes on forever. I'd be thinking, I wonder where the toilet is. I really want to go to the toilet. 
<laughs> have an injection. Middle of the blooming service, start injecting yourself to freak everybody out. Um, I, th- I still think that my tweet was one of the best. This will be the first time Victoria Beckham sung live, which was very good. One of my better ones. Uh, Steve, I'm 40 today, says Hillary, keeping my head under the duvet and loving the show. Happy birthday, 40. Girl, blimey. Oh, you must be feeling so depressed. So depressed. Oh, awful. 40. I mean, that is so ancient. That is like, just give up now. There's nothing to live for. 40 is the new 100. Oh, terrible. Actually, did we mention that Henry Cooper was only two days off his 77th birthday? Only two days. Bless him. But uh, he, he will be glad to have missed the, uh, the fact that the Daily Star are offering you the chance to be in Big Brother. The auditions start today. Sorry, nobody watched it last time around. They're certainly not going to be watching it this time around. Amy Childs, with the same agency, you remember, as Peter Andre and Kerry Katona, uh, thinks she could have her own show. Not really intelligent enough for that, Popper. You know, you've only been in the business 35 seconds. But she's, she's revealed she turned down Alex Reed's request for a date. Because Alex Reed is not with her agent, so she'd have to say that she likes Pete a lot. That's exactly what she says. She says, I can't believe that he and Jordan split up. Well, even more daft than you look then, because we saw that one coming a mile off. But never mind, never let it spoil a good story. But just remember, Amy, check with Claire before you say anything, all right? Otherwise, you might find yourself without an agent, because you might have said the wrong thing. And you know that she tells you what, what to say, so you have to go. And I love Ellen Rivas. She's one of my ba- favourite people. And Kerry Katona. Kerry, you'd see the look on Kerry Katona's face, sitting in the back of the car, where she's got Amy Child shoved in with her. Amy luckily said nothing, because you, I mean, there's no point in competing with somebody like uh, Kerry Katona, who's off like a machine gun. So Amy sort of sat there, and I thought, go on, say something. Say so-. No, she can't. There's a rumour that they're going to drop Harry from The Only Way is Essex. They're having a bit of a clear-out. Some of the people who, uh, who are just a bit silly, I think their days are over. Hopefully one of them is, is Chloe Sims. Uh, a ridiculous outfit for going to... A, quite clearly, you know, this is, if this is the sort of trashy outfit you wear, Chloe, to clubs, we don't want you in any London clubs or, or restaurants at all, I'm afraid. Uh, other stories of the papers today. Kate and Jerry McCann, see, they got overlooked. They're today marking four years of anguish since uh, Madeline disappeared. So we think about them today. And uh, they've just had um, things released from a, a hospital in, I think it's Birmingham. Uh, this is where they, they release... Uh, all their backlog of who's been admitted and everything else. They had a one-year-old who arrived in A&E drunk. A one-year-old. They had a six-year-old treated for um, drug inhalation. They had two two two-year-olds for alcoholic poisoning. Uh, More than a hundred one- and two-year-olds needed treatment for overdoses, while hundreds of teenagers had their stomachs pumped for alcohol poisoning. I mean, it's just got beyond a joke. This is just one hospital. This report by the charity Save the Children ranked the UK in 23rd place behind nations, including Hungary, Slovenia and Estonia. Feels very sorry for a teenage girl. She was uh, grooming a horse the other day and obviously something spooked it. And there must have been quite a big horse. She fell to the ground. She was 13 and the horse stood on top of her. And uh, they airlifted at the hospital, but sadly... She lost her life. I've often thought, actually, horses are just... I know, I've said it before, they're, they're beginning to frighten me, horses. They're quite big. They're quite... You know, I'm all right if they're there. And I used to ride. But I, I look at them and I think, oh, dear, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, front pages, quickly. So, the Daily Star, uh, UK on nuke bomb alert. Well, we just have to be vigilant. As vigilant as we were before. Uh, you could be in Big Brother, if you're very unlucky. The, uh, the Daily Mirror, the secrets of the £600,000 hideout. Uh, Bin Laden, 
hid behind weeping wife, used her as a human shield. The Daily Express cowered to the end. The 9-11 mastermind used his wife as a human shield. And uh, on the front of the Daily Mail today, shootout at Terror Chief's lair was beamed to the White House. Now the question, is the world any safer today? Simple answer, I should imagine, is, is a resounding no. It's exactly the same as it was before. Uh, best souvenir of the royal wedding, one of the historic horseshoes, as used by the household cavalry. 744 they've managed to secure. What a lovely present. That would be a good thing. Uh, the sun this morning, hunted to luxury lair, used wife as shield, bullet in the head, body buried at sea. We don't know which sea. They say he was uh, tied up in a weighted bag and dropped in the ocean. Doesn't say which one. That's the sun. Uh, front page uh, here of, uh, of the Independent. One man's war. Uh, the Daily Telegraph. He died cowering behind his wife. They did ask him to come out and he said no. I don't think there's any chance that he was ever going to come out alive. Uh, the Times this morning. Justice is done. The US Special Forces kill Osama bin Laden in Pakistan. And uh, The Guardian. The US gets its man, but how could he hide for so long? He was hiding in plain sight. Yes, I think they were looking in the wrong place, and then obviously word came through. We did discover the other day that there was a bounty on Osama bin Laden's head. We think that it was five million and went up to 25 million. Whether or not somebody has claimed that money, we do not know. And we probably will never know, but I think they're going to be releasing more pictures later on today to prove that he is absolutely dead. Details on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Thank you for your company. Welcome back to another week of work. Short week, though, so you're OK with, uh, with short weeks, because today's Tuesday. Nick and the team are with you after the news at 7. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up one point at 